What is going on, DC? This is Move the District, hosted by yours truly, Mike Yassin. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a physical therapist, and this podcast is dedicated to highlighting members of the Washington, DC health and fitness community and giving you the correct information with no BS to help you live a life that's active, healthy, and fulfilled. All right, welcome back to episode 20, two zero. I can't believe that we have made it this far, 20 whole freaking episodes, which is pretty freaking badass. And for those of you who have listened to all previous 19 episodes, thank you so much. And hopefully the next 20 episodes will be just as good. Today, I am pumped to welcome my friend to the show, Joe Van Cleef. He co-owns Dedicated Strength, which is located in the Shaw neighborhood here in Washington, D.C., with his wife, Angela, where it doesn't matter if you are a competitive athlete, a weekend warrior, or someone who's just trying to keep up with their kids. They do it all. Weightlifting, powerlifting, general fitness, you name it, these guys do it. Joe, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, Mike, thank you so much for having me, brother. I'm really excited for this. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of uh, you know what we do and what you do uh, is pretty pretty similar, and it's uh, it's always fun uh, talking with people with uh, similar outlooks on the fitness world. Yeah, Great I totally mind. agree with that. Right. I think that's the real beauty of our field is just there's so many paths and spectrums people can follow under this big umbrella and. It's like every single person you ever relate to, no matter their realm of it, you always can learn something new. And I just think that's so awesome. Like rarely are there industries where everything is one giant orange, but then all the peels go off in different directions and there's always things you can take from it. I just think that's super cool. I like so. that. I like that. The, the orange peel approach. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a like area where you can really take that growth mindset approach to where there's, there's something right. somewhere that you know like maybe you're doing that someone else isn't doing or someone's doing that you aren't doing and and having an open mind and, and attitude towards what they're doing and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to adopt exactly what they're doing or or even any of it but just trying it i think you know it's one of those things where mm -hmm. i feel like you try everything uh everything once and uh then the bad yeah. things and the bad things twice or or good things twice i forget i forget how that saying goes but um but yeah you try everything <laughs> once and and you know people will will respond and i think um you know that that's the beauty of where we live here that we're so lucky to have so many different options available to people that um yeah. you know th there's always something for somebody somewhere here in dc if you want to take an approach to living a healthier lifestyle there's always something for you out there somewhere because i think at the end of the day you know it's pretty easy to like shit talk a lot of different people and trends in the fitness industry yeah. but like always at the end of the day for the most part again for the most part uh just about all exercise is good for you right yeah at the end of the day if you're if you're moving if you're moving if you're sweating if you're breathing heavily like you know these this is a that's a good place to start is it where you want to be forever i don't know but it's definitely a good place to start so i think um you know having that ability to like learn from others is you know something that i think we're both pretty lucky boat to be in. Yeah, 100% agree with that. And kind of <clears throat> running along with that, it's just kind of like, you never know what direction somebody's going to want to go in after entering some type of fitness program or a class or gym or training like you. It's almost like when people adopt something, it's like they're taking their gen ed courses, you know, and then people want to stay with that and stay general. And that's totally fine and keep branching off on that. But a lot of times also, people start kind of finding these little subdivisions and little yep. specialization things they want to focus on from those gen eds, which is awesome. And then real magic happens with that. But on the flip side of that, if people didn't dive into those more general things, they would not know what direction to go. So it's all about getting their feet wet. And I just think run along with that. I just think that's so cool. And it just kind of constantly presents opportunities for people to do something that they have never done before in their life. And just life, I mean, we as humans, just in general, we get so used to being successful, we get so used to growth, we get so used to experiences. And as you get older and older, we kind of start experiencing more and more. And 
by the time we die, we should experience everything. That's yeah. kind of the whole point of life is to experience things and leave the next generation with what to do and what to not do with what we've experienced. And with that fitness, the gym training, whatever it is, it constantly presents opportunities to do something we've never done before, whether it's a personal record or a new movement or anything. And like, as we go through life, the opportunity for that gets less and less because we become so much more experienced in so many things. We're in the gym setting that always is an opportunity to do that. And I just think that's so cool about it, you know? Absolutely. So it's it's a, just a great break. Yeah. Always an opportunity to, to move, move, move uh, in a different direction. There's always something different you can right. do. There's always some, some way to improve, some way to change it up. And I think that's like, I think that's like the really, you know, really cool thing. Like you guys, it, right. As you get older, you get ingrained in like your, your ways, you know, and it, it's so much harder to like try something. So it's like, you know, when you have the opportunity, take advantage of it, you know, don't, don't just sit around, get, get up and, and move and, and, and try something, you know, might look stupid, but Hey, Maybe it works for you. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? But at least you tried it. And you can say you can say you did it. And I think, yeah, I think especially now, I feel like our society is shifting more towards like experiences, right? Mm -hmm. Than like material goods. And uh and, and you know, I think and it kind of like goes along with it. It's like it's like try a boxing class, try powerlifting, try CrossFit, you know, and 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 you know, see see what sticks. True. Right? True. And it's amazing how many of those little attributes feed off each other and then yep what's cool about it too not to take it to a more biased direction but obviously ds we do a little bit of everything but our primary focus is strength and right free weight training barbells dumbbells bands we're our predominant goal is to get someone moving something bigger than they've ever moved in their life and getting them to do that as safely as possible and in a manner where they can constantly be able to continue doing that over time and with that, it's kind of like strength with all the different realms, whether it's boxing, CrossFit, solid core, whatever, like it's all being stronger, having a base of strength is going to be a universal donor and kind of help you with all those things. So in a way we can kind of be someone else's gen ed for where they're trying to go with it. But I just think it's all cool in doing that, but like, it's right. Can't, it's, go, it's, wrong, strong, man. can't go wrong getting strong. A freaking men. I think that's right. one of those one of those things where uh, at the end of the day, like strength needs to be the meat and potatoes. Like yeah. in my opinion, strength needs to be the meat and potatoes of, of what your fitness regimen looks like. And I, I view a lot of those, you know, more um, boutique fitness style classes as like your sport. And yeah, they, they do a lot of great things for, for strength and conditioning. Um, but it's, it's kind of like the competitive sport of fitness, whether that's CrossFit, like the CrossFit games, you know, some of these yep. other studios, you know, we talk about like um, Spartan yep. races, Tough Mudders, things like that. And, uh, and, and, you know, ultimately, if you want to like be able to do what you love to do, you know, whether that's baseball, whether that's CrossFit or football, you know, you, you ultimately got to train for your sport. And I think that comes with having that base of strength. Same thing, just like people who like to run, like you got to have a right. base of strength. If you're going to be a runner, you can't just throw on your running shoes, walk out the front door and go for a run. I wish I wish you could do that. It'd be a hell of a lot cheaper. It'd be a hell of a lot yeah. more, you know, easier just to like not have to worry about like all this other stuff, but it doesn't work that way. Cause you know, okay. with running, it's like for all the cardio benefits, all the respiratory benefits, all the stress relief benefits, all the, you know, whatever, you know, want to say benefits at the end of the day, it's still a stressor on your musculoskeletal system. And how do you counteract that strength training? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think there needs to be, you know, that realization that like strength is the foundation and then everything goes on top of that. You know, if you want to build a house, you want to build your, your house of fitness, it starts yep. with strength. And then, you know, you throw the conditioning, you throw the agility, you throw the plyometrics, you throw, you know, whatever the, the high intensity interval training, you throw that stuff on there and then it goes, then that's your, your house of fitness right there. But right. the base is always strength truth and being balanced in that too because like right. I, and then there's elements of like specificity to it and specificity is so important mm -hmm. but on the flip side of that like there's also kind of a thought generally i i see it a lot more in like the competitive lifting aspect of like almost overly thinking about specificity but it's like it is important it is a variable but with that it's just that it's a variable and yes there's times when you have a competition or something coming up where you're a lot more specific 
Uh, if you have a big weak point or a breakdown point that we're addressing, we have to be very specific with that. But also, like, don't underestimate just generally being strong and balanced around that. Because, yes, if your specific motion is a lacrosse player shooting a ball forward, uh, you can't be doing this all day without doing that in reverse and training those antagonist muscles, you know, kind of staying balanced, doing a lot more pulling patterns. Right. So also this, there are deviations from specificity and thing too, like another example, a football player. We both agree a football player should be squatting. That sure. is important. Right. How many times on the field are they doing a textbook squat in their sport? Not many. Never. Somebody may say getting into their stance, but their spine angles, stuff like that, the weight distribution, I was like, yeah, not really. So, right. So it's like that, if specificity is all that matters, no football player should squat. And it's like, well, there's right. a little more to it. But there's, there's specific, specificity, but then at the end of the day, there's like, you know, your foundational movements. It's like, ultimately, right. like right. you want someone to get strong, you know, what's the most efficient way to get someone strong? A squat yep. or a deadlift, exactly. you know? And it's like, no need to make things super complicated and, and confusing. It's like, look, a barbell squat or a goblet squat or some form of squatting is going to, yes. you know, make you, you know, give you the most bang for your buck. Um, 100%. So yeah, so let's let's talk a little bit more about you and your your background. So uh, if I remember correctly, you grew up in Cincinnati. Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Middletown, Ohio, which is cleverly named as the town in the middle of Cincinnati and Dayton. So ah. I like to say Cincinnati just because it's the most recognizable landmark I can give from where I'm from. But it's a mm -hmm. uh, Cincinnati area. Um, I did my undergrad at Bowling Green, so I got my bachelor's in exercise science with a specialization in programming from Bowling Green, oh, and then ended up moving to D.C., ended up getting my master's from American Military University as a civilian, and I got that in uh, sport and health sciences, and outside of that, just certification-wise, uh, I'm an NSTA CSTS. Um, I am also a certified personal trainer through ACSM, the American College of Sports Medicine. And, and CSCS stands for Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist. Exactly, through the National Strength and Conditioning Association out of Colorado Springs. So it's just been one of the very, very kind of hallmark types of strength and conditioning certs. And then uh, yep. for like specialization certs, I'm a USA Powerlifting Club coach, and I'm also a level two USA Weightlifting coach on top of that. And uh, I think that's about it. Right. I, I think it's interesting. I think you're, you know, I think one of the few people that I think I've, I've had the chance to interview here in the fit, uh, who's in the fitness industry, who actually has a degree in exercise science. Yeah. Um, and I said, you know, it's something I have, I have my bachelor's in exercise science also. W mm -hmm. What, what role does that play in your life in terms of like, in terms of adding value? Do you think it adds value to, to what you do? So this has been brought up so many times and I at face value from my personal opinion I will say yes 100% um just like going back to the specificity talk I'll say it is a variable so it's not the end all be all believe me I know plenty of people that are credentialed to all hell that I think are very bad coaches and right knowledge is nothing if you can't translate it and a, a wise person once said if you can't explain it simply you don't know well you don't know it well enough right. so it's just kind of I do think it's important for a foundation, just like everything else, but just throwing out there, it's not the end all be all to all things. But yeah, I, I think it's important because it really teaches you a foundation and you learn a lot of different things. Like I can even do cholesterol screens. I can read ECGs or EKGs, if you will. And no, I did not pursue cardiac rehab. So those are the things that someone might say is useless in my field, but at right. the same time, you never know when an individual with a special case is going to walk into your studio and you need to apply that. So to me, it's like all about having the right tools in the toolbox, but for actual like formal education, um, I always think back to Dave Tate from elite FTS, uh, world-class power lifter, one of the original Westside barbell guys. Um, I look up to him so much. I met him, Angela and I both met him at the Arnold a couple years ago and you can yeah. tell he was trying to leave because he had so much going on and uh he took the time to actually sit there and talk to us for like 20 minutes and uh I do admit I had a little fanboy moment where I kind of bawled my eyes out when he left but it was just so genuine he's just such a stand-up guy like I everything about him is awesome but he was actually presented with this question back in the day and something 
he brought up about the whole education. Is it worth getting into $100,000 of debt to do? Is it needed? Is it not needed? Is it bullshit? And his whole thing was, well, let me think about, let me tell you this. The, someone may have a degree. This is straight from Dave Tate. Someone may have a degree and they may not be using everything in that degree. But let me ask you this. Does that person having that knowledge, does that allow them to recognize bullshit in this field? Uh, and I would think we would both say that there is possibly more bullshit in this field and industry than any other industry known to Oh, me. I like I like that. I so like it's that. like kind of helps you recognize that. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's it's kind of important to take advice from somebody that knows if something is bogus, something is correct, if it's followed by science. So it's I thought that was a really cool way to phrase that. At at the end of the day, you know, we only get one body, right? Right. So right. so so when you're trusting somebody with your body, whether it's you know in a performance setting or a rehab setting, or you know mm-hmm. any 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 which way, whether it's a medical provider, uh, you know, you wanna you know make sure that your mechanic is is qualified and and knows what they're doing, yeah. and then they're not gonna you know fuck it up. So right, you know, right. I, I think that you know that makes that makes sense. Like you know you got one body and you want to go to somebody who knows what they're doing. So, uh, you know, having that ability, I think that I, I've never thought about it that way. Like, like on the flip side, like, yes, right. like, cause people, you know, you can go get a good certification from, you know, the NSCA or ACSM or, or, or NASM or, or whoever, and you can get a precision nutrition certification. You can do all these things that uh, are definitely legit, you know, without having a degree in exercise science. But the question is then, are you able to rule out all the other pseudoscience, harmful narratives, bullshit that, that, that's out there? And I think that's a, a really interesting way to look at that I've never really uh, thought about before, but it's, it's true. I think, I think that like, you know, that, that idea of like, you know, being able to like look at something like, nah, it doesn't add up or like, where's the research? Right. No, that's like the big thing. Like, where's the research? Like, like I understand you're 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 doing things and and you know it's, it's different and it's new and it's, that's great. Like, um, you know, uh, blood flow restriction. You know, like it's like a, a really new thing in the PT world and it, it's new and exciting. Um, but it's like where's the research? And and right now there there's some good research out there that actually supports it. So it's you know it's one of the things that like it 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 passes like a test for someone like me because I want to be able to see. Whereas like you know other fads out there um you know it, it's you know there, there's a lot of other you know like the theragun for example like what's the yeah. theragun actually do it doesn't do anything and you know it's like uh you know it, it's it's just a, a handheld massager and that's that's fine for yeah. what it is but when you you know market it as a cure for chronic pain that's when you know we start to run into these issues because it's like where are the studies saying that that that's gonna cure chronic pain i would love right. to like if, if it's out there, I wish it was that simple, right? If if right. we could, you know, see that it was like, oh, this is actually fixing chronic pain. Great, hundred percent, I'm in on it. But like, until I see something that's like reputable and legit, you know, uh, it, it it's always uh, you know a, a toss up then. So uh, so yeah, I I like that because uh, I'm always like because I, I think to myself like well my ex like think back to like what you learned in undergrad and like how much of that do you apply on a regular basis? And I'm like, not much, right? Yeah. Not much, but I think it gives you, you come out of, you know, undergrad or, you know, even like PT school for me where, or, you know, for you with your master's as more of like a generalist almost where it's like, you have the tools, like you said, in the toolbox. Um, right. And it's like, where do you go? Where do you apply them? And then like you follow it up, you know, I think both of us with our like strength training backgrounds, like, we go, you know, to get our, you know, CSCS, you know, and, uh, and, you know, and, and other, you know, what you say weightlifting and other, those other certifications where, um, I think that, that makes sense. Yes. hundred percent. And throwing this in here too, not that this is like <clears throat> relevant to the industry overall, but life as a whole, I wouldn't be true to myself if I did not say this. Um, if I did not get my degree, I would not have gotten my first job, which made me relocate to DC. So therefore, I would not have met you. I would not have met all my people in this gym. And most importantly, I would not have gotten the first job that required me to relocate to D.C., which is when Angela hired me as my very first boss in D.C. So with that, I wouldn't even, it was a a job with, we'll say DOJ, because that's what I'm supposed to say with where I worked. I moved to D.C. 
Gotcha. Wink, wink, wink. DOJ. Yeah. So basically, the the building in general. But uh, I would not have even gotten an interview if I did not have the actual educational background because that was required for that position. So in a weird way, this also led me to my wife, who I love more than anything in the world, and that is that's what all this is about. That's the single most important thing that has ever happened to me. Marrying her was the best moment of my life, and. If I didn't go to school, that wouldn't have happened. So you know, I was I was a little nervous there when you said you're like, if I didn't get this job, you know, I wouldn't have met you. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, I think he's supposed to say his wife first and then me. You're a close second. Okay. You're, all right. All right. He's here. You're right here. So good. 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 All right. Just want, just want to clarify that, just so for when Angela listens to this, she knows that I'm I'm number two. We can we get out of this, right? Yes. Exactly. 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 So now you. You, you graduated your master's and then you moved to DC for the job with quote unquote DOJ. Was that what happened? Yes. Yeah. So that was uh, January 1st of 2010. So it, okay. uh, I don't know if you lived here yet, but it was no, no. Okay. So I'm coming from Ohio where <laughs> our winters were always bad yeah. and it's just kind of assumed it's normal. And so I got that job. Um, my interview was December like 22nd or something like that. Uh-huh. So I flew out here and basically, so that was December of 2009. And basically while I was here, the first like precursor to Snowmageddon hit uh, and I actually yeah. got stuck in DC. So I did my interview and I got stuck here for about four more days after I was supposed to be here. And oh, honestly, Angela and the supervisor above her kept kind of checking in with me. And I think, like, just kind of my composure and everything, kind of, like, through dealing with all that, just kind of being stuck in this city I've never been before and uh, knowing they were not compensating me to be here and paying for my travel and any of that. And I was kind of just like, yeah, well, I'm just going to stay another night. I don't know. We'll what, see else, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, There's nothing else you yeah, can do. I kind of, like, factored into them kind of being impressed with me and uh, just kind of – I just kind of rolled with it. But anyway, that – so then I was not able to get home – through Delta. So basically Cincinnati's airport is a massive Delta hub. Mm-hmm. So most flights you'll get like acutely, like short, real short American dom- domestic flights. It's going to be through Delta to go to Cincinnati's airport. So anyway, I could not get anything through them, but I finally got a train ticket to Chicago in which I took the train up to Toledo, Ohio, rented a car from Toledo, drove that home on Christmas Eve. So about a 16-hour train ride and then a three-hour car drive straight after that, after this job interview, which I still didn't know if I got or not. But anyway, I was able to get home for Christmas, which inevitably, that first year I moved to D.C., that's when we lost my mom to cancer. So that whole thing allowed me to kind of spend my last Christmas with my mom, and it was super crazy. And that whole next Christmas when it all – it was – she passed on the 23rd of December of that next year. So there's another, like – whole crazy story of how that happened and how I got home for that but uh anywho that's how this whole thing kind of started with that and I was from Ohio so I was used to these massive crazy winters and there was this huge snowstorm that I got stuck here during the interview and then everything went well took the job whatever I moved here drove down a U-Haul truck from Cincinnati to DC with all my stuff in it literally 6 a.m January 1st because my gig was starting on January 4th that year. So I drove all that down. Everything was peachy. And then the next month, the snowmageddon hit, and there was like 26 inches of snow. <laughs> and coming from Ohio, everybody was like, oh, it's going to be so much more mild in D.C. and all that. And I was like, what is this? This is worse. Oh, my God. Luckily, it hasn't happened since. But I was like, what did I do? This is crazy. But So, so now, as a, uh, a member of the, uh, or I guess former member of the Rust Belt, uh, what, what's your opinion on snow? Take it or leave it. I I like it. I mean, I I think it's fun. You can do some cool stuff with it. And I don't really drive right now. Angela drives me. I, I'm on foot. I walk to Safeway. I walk to DS. And then I walk back home. So I'm cool with snow. And I wear shorts year-round. So never get salt stains on my pants or anything. So that's cool. So I'm fine with it. I was just going to say, I was <laughs> like, I remember you, you once told me that you only wear shorts. Yeah, yeah, I'm on like a 10-year streak of this or something, and now it's become this stupid personal challenge, but it's... Is there any, I mean, <laughs> outside of your wedding, I'm assuming you wore pants yeah. at the wedding, right? I did, I had a tux, I look good. <laughs> when, was the last, excuse me, when was the last time you wore pants? 
I mean, so I'll say it's it's not like straight up all shorts all the time, but work work related. I'm always uh, gonna wear shorts. Isn't so that the wear great, shorts. the best thing in the world that you can wear shorts to work? I love it, man. How lucky but are we? It's, it's it's pretty pretty nice. Uh, I hate jeans. I think they are the most uncomfortable thick things ever. Who ever thought these were like a cool casual thing? I don't know, but. I'll say I wear pants when it's socially acceptable. Okay. But for my ego, it's never because I'm cold. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I think um, with with in physical therapy world, there's this idea of the physical therapy uniform, where mm-hmm. basically you know you walk into any PT clinic across the country, and you know, eight out of ten physical therapists are probably wearing a polo and khakis. That's like right. the the standard PT uniform. And when I first started working as a PT, that was what I wore. You know, like when I did my rotations, polo and khakis. Yeah. When I had my first job, polo and khakis. When I had my second job, polo and khakis. And I just came to like despise that. I like, yeah. it just was just so brutal. Because I was like, look, we are movement professionals. We got to be able to move, you know? And yeah. I, I, was, I was lucky that like a little bit towards the end of my time of my old job, I I uh, found the Lululemon like ABC pants, which made it a little bit more bearable, but still you're going in, you're wearing these polos tucked into khakis and you know, I got to show someone how to do a squat or a deadlift or, or, you know, something, you know, and I don't want to like worry that I'm going to bend over and, you know, tear my pants, my right. J crew and my J crew chinos, you know? So uh, it, it, it got to the point where it kind of like pissed me off. And at a certain point I was just like, I would put those pants on, I'd like step into the pant leg and just like a little, a little part of me would like die. Just like, I got to wear these pants again. And like the, like the last day I like took those pants off and I was like, I'm done. I'm free. And, right. and it's funny those pants, cause they're actually like nice pants. I could easily, very easily wear out to dinner or, you know, whatever. And, and they just sit in my drawer now. Like I look at them and I'm just like, it's been two years since I quit my last job that wasn't big league. And I look at them and I'm just like, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's, it's pretty funny how like, yeah, we get to wear, we get to wear shorts every day, which is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, when did you get into powerlifting and Olympic lifting? What, what's your story there with that? Oh my God. So I, I was kind of one of those just standard stories where I was always doing some type of sport or something. Right. Uh, so a big thing was Taekwondo for sure. Like I, I started that when I was seven and I got my black when I was 16. And uh, it just, I always look back to that and the experiences and the things I took away from that. And also just my relationship with my, my mentor, my coach, uh, Sir Rafi Alpante. Um, he was probably one of the biggest influences of my life. And I would say that he was probably one of the biggest reasons that I'm doing what I'm doing right now. And I just kind of, hope he's looking down on me somewhere and I just hope to God he's proud of me. But, um, that was kind of the big thing that really got me started. And with that, I was just always into sports. I was always athletic. I was always doing something physical. And with that, I would just always recommend every parent ever. I don't care who you are or where you come from, put your kid in a martial art or a gymnastic as early as they can possibly take instruction seriously. And it's just going to teach them how to use their bodies. It's not going to overly specify. And it's just going to teach them control. It's going to teach them every end of athleticism. Like, I've had this talk with a few people. I'm not going to get back to your point. We're not going straight up debate on this. But uh, gymnastics is kind of the ultimate sport. Like, every sport, there's some type of physical attribute that reigns supreme. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basketball, you got to have finesse. Football, you got to be powerful. Uh, soccer you gotta have good footwork like you have to have agility but gymnastics if you do not have power flexibility mobility strength if you do not have every attribute see you later you know uh-huh. like you're you have to have everything and i just think going back to our very beginning of this of the gen eds those are kind of like the intangibles of like teaching a kid how to move and with that i've just starting at such a young age you don't really know any different like and that's something that Sometimes I question if I can really translate with certain parts of the population because I've never really had that part of my life where I was not doing something physical consistently. Mm-hmm. And it's so mind blowing to me to, I try my best, believe me, I do the best I can. I think I do as well as I can with it, but like, it's, it's really hard to fully understand 
someone who has gone 50 years without doing anything physical and but that's kind of the norm still it's getting better but it's, it's kind of yeah i think that's like the problem with our with our country is that people people don't yeah. um do that and, and, and i mean what why do you think that is why why do you think people go 50 years you know without i think largely at this point in time it's generational uh it's just this is just stuff we just did not do back when they were growing up like the boomer mm -hmm. age per se it was just so common even shoot even in the 90s lifting weights as a whole was just such a cult thing it was basically lifting weights was a place for insecure men to go feel better about themselves move the district is sponsored by big league performance and rehab at big league performance and rehab we help active adults stay that way pain-free and active during the sports and activities that they love for life we do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better. Head to bigleagueperformanceandrehab.com to see how we can help you stay active for life. I like that. that. I like that stigma. Yeah, that was that was pretty much it. Not that long ago, right? So I mean, even in the professional sports world, like you know, like the idea of like having a strength coach on a professional sports team is still like it's very 2000s you know like yeah, like maybe 100%. you know like 2005 ish you know and uh yeah. and i know like when i was when i was working professional baseball in 2010 2011 like there was there there were the people that were in those positions were like mm. the original strength coach you know yeah and and someone that had been around for five six years so it's it's interesting yeah like how it's like come that way uh yeah. and it's grown which is which is great you know it's just so much yeah. more you know exposure to people who are running people who are lifting um, and, and i think that's definitely a good thing i think you know i think part of it goes to like access to like knowledge on that's, this stuff i think that's 100%. a big part of it too is that like now i mean really thanks i mean thanks in part and largely to social media like you get a lot more exposure to training what you know in whatever form that is so I, I think that's a big part of it is like the exposure to it is like now you see it and now it's like much more it's definitely much more widely accepted i'll give crossfit some credit i think they did a really good job uh you know back in the day of of getting a barbell in people's hands oh yeah especially women too to be especially honest women. i mean yeah. we're kind of i i don't know his or her name i just remember the the quote from gwyneth paltrow's celebrity trainer that no woman should ever touch more than a five pound weight oh is it tracy like, anderson is that tracy anderson I have no idea, but I think no matter who it is, I want to I want to mute them right now. But like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, I know Gwyneth probably weighs a little more than five pounds, but if she's walking up the steps once, she's already breaking that rule, so that's not good. But like, it's right. we're kind of coming off that, and CrossFit it has its pros and cons, as does every aspect of this industry. Right. But what CrossFit did is it made it hip and cool and sexy for a woman to be lifting a barbell with big movements, big weights, and it made that normal, it made that cool, and yep. it was on TV, it gave that a thing for women to aspire to want to be like, and 100% agree with you, the exposure of that goes mm -hmm. back to that Gen Ed thing, CrossFit is a Gen Ed, to roll with it, or to branch off, but like what it did for women, and exposing them to getting a freaking barbell in your hands, it's just so good, it has done some very, very great things with that. Yeah, So I, yeah. I, I agree. Um, now, would you, uh, do you identify as more of a Olympic lifter or a power lifter? Oh Lord. Currently an, a weightlifter because that's what I've been competing in more recently. Okay. So well, actually, hold on, hold on one second here. Yeah. Let's clarify for the people at home. What is Olympic yeah. lifting and what is powerlifting? Okay. So this is so commonly skewed. Um, many, many, many people think powerlifting is what weightlifting actually is, but right. weightlifting, uh, most people will, General people will call it Olympic lifting or Olympic weightlifting, but this technical sport is called weightlifting, and it's basically the sport of the snatch and the clean and jerk. Okay. Whereas powerlifting is typically the sport of the bench press, the squat, and the deadlift. Um, there are some powerlifting competitions where a strict curl or power curl is involved, oh. and there are powerlifting competitions where you could do one or a couple of the lifts. There's different realms of it, but at face value, powerlifting is typically bench squat deadlift. Right, right, right. Weight, snatch and clean and jerk. Gotcha. Yeah, I think, I think that's like, uh, like just, just to like clarify, because I think, you know, we talk about powerlifting, we talk about weightlifting, and it's like, 
yeah. well, you know, which one's which. And uh, yeah. So, and then, I mean, if you had to say like, who would be the ideal person for Olympic lifting? Who would be mm -hmm. the ideal person for powerlifting? Oh man, this is awesome. And this is where I kind of, <laughs> Megan, one of my, our weightlifters slash one of our coaches at DS, um, mm -hmm. she, she said to me one time, and uh, this was just kind of like routine business talk, but I'm, I've gotten more and more selective over the years who we bring in to DS and who we put in certain spots. And it's just kind of a luxury that we've had by doing fairly well over time is we could be a lot more selective in who we take on as projects per se, but like it, Megan was like one day, she's like, I love how you're like the gatekeeper to this whole thing. And it's, it's just like, I never really thought about it that way, but in a way it is. But like, I, I have to look at somebody and I have to kind of, regardless what they're trying to do, I kind of have to make a judgment call and put them in the sport that's going to be right for them. And right. no matter what, either one, once they get used to it, start lifting with the team and all that, they love it. Everybody has a great time. So I've never really had any backlash of if I was recommending something versus the other thing but this can attribute to most things in both sports no matter what because type 2 muscles are very important but in simplest form first thing I would ask somebody if they're interested in weightlifting I would ask them can you jump high because that is going to be the most basic display of if they're type 2 dominant like fast twitch muscle dominant which is 100% a genetic thing and those are the muscles that respond to strength training uh, right. type 1 slow twitch muscles they can build more endurance but they're clinically shown to be fairly non-responsive over creating more fibers in number and in fiber size the type 2s are largely what adapts the most and so with that Weightlifting is a much more explosive, violent action of a sport than powerlifting when you compare the two. So that is going to be one of the biggest things I'm going to ask. Can you jump high? And then I see how they do it. And then, of course, you're going to look at the mobility, flexibility, uh, powerlifting. Just going back to the, like the mobility aspect, powerlifting, you squat where you squat to be the best at that for you as an individual. Mm -hmm. But by rule of the sport, the iliac crest or your little hip crease has to be just south or below the top of the knee for a squat. Right. Weightlifting, inevitably, you're probably going to bottom out on your squat. So you got to have more ankle flexibility, more hip flexibility, knee flexibility. All those things are going to be in there. And that's not to say weightlifting, you have to squat that low or the ass to grass, for lack of a better phrase. The right. weightlifting, you can catch it straight up with everything in your lower extremity fully locked out if you need to. You only have to get as low as you have to get to catch it. But the inevitable is if you're moving enough weight, you can't pull it as high. So you got to find a way to change directions and pull yourself under it. So if you're moving enough weight, you're going to eventually have to bottom out. So with that said, yes, more flexibility is required for weightlifting. So more explosiveness, can you jump high and can you move freely through all your joints, all your ranges of motion, shoulder strength and stability is important. But right. at face value, explosiveness and flexibility is good for weightlifting. For powerlifting, I'm going to say for the most part, and again, there's things of these two sports that carry over, sure. but for powerlifting, I want to see if somebody has grit and I want to see if somebody has the ability to handle volume and the ability to handle, which volume, the simplest way I can phrase it is just total work. Right. How many times can you do a certain thing with heavy grueling weights and still meet the criteria of what the sport would say is a good lift? So with that, I want to see just how much you can handle adversity. I want to see how tough you can be. I want to see how much you can deal with me trying to throw hell directly in your face. And I want to see how you handle that for powerlifting. Gotcha. So it's I, like I, I, people want to say one's harder than the other. And it's like weightlifting is more technical, but the training for powerlifting can be very, very grueling. And it's rep after rep after the same thing. It's just the weights are higher because you do more, you move more weight in a deadlift and a squat than you will on a snatch or clean and jerk. It's just, right. it's just the way it's, it's, just, it's, the way it's going to happen, you know? Right. So they both kind of have their pros and cons, but those would be the two things I would look at. And then of course I would talk to the person and get their opinion on it. I'd be like, of this is my recommendation. This is where I think you should be. But if you want to try to do this thing that I'm saying is not ideal for you, believe me, I will walk that road for you. That's what you're hiring me for. I'll do it. Mm -hmm. But just know, being realistic just to not sell you anything that I'm not trying to sell you 
you may not reach your absolute potential in this. I think you could reach more of your potential in that. But at the end of the day, it's their call, and time will tell. So right. that's what basically what I would look at. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I was going to say, you know, the mindset I think is a, is a big deal too. Like you know, with with powerlifting, it's it's that that you said the the grit where you know. Yeah. Are you able to get through, you know, six sets of, you know, just heavy, heavy bench press right. or things like that? Right. Um, what, what, be, what about, you know, comparing that to like the mindset of like an Olympic lifter? So the Olympic lifter is dealing, is shooting a layup in traffic. <laughs> like they still have the grit. They still have all these things happening, but at the same time, and this also takes you back to wrestling too. You can have a super strong person. A super strong person is going to do very well. You're also going to have a very good technique person. A technique person is going to do very well. When you start competing at higher levels, you have the weirdos that have both. They have the strength. They have the technique. That is optimal. But anywho, right. when you take the strength and the technique, eventually the person with the better technique is going to beat that person that's just naturally strong. Right, the naturally right. strong person may start moving big weights, but then they're four years into their training and their snatch has gone up three kilos. And it's just like, that's not impressive. That's, <laughs> dude, really? Come on. Like, that's, I know it's hard, believe me, yeah. but life is short. Life is short. Get better at something. And big, it's big lifts. Yeah. So you got to, you got to basically, you got to have the toughness, you got to have the grit. So you're in traffic, you're dealing with all these things. But you right. have to be able to maintain and trust your technique at the times it's needed the most. Everybody's a stud in training. Uh -huh. And then when you get out there on that platform and you have literally one shot to hit your PR that we've trained the last 12 months for, you got to stick with what I have told you to do with all adversity staring at you. So you could say it's discipline, but it's just right. maintaining trust. Trust in me as your coach, trust in yourself and what we've developed and trust that thing but technique is going to be the big factor and that's right. not saying technique is not important in powerlifting it is oh yeah it is weightlifting is also very very technical and that's what would reign supreme yep um now w at at dedicated strength when when people come in do they typically come in and go right into a powerlifting or olympic lifting program or do they come on as general fitness clients and then they progress into it how, how does that work it, it depends. Um, we don't do like online signups or anything. I will literally, our whole website is tricked out where you have to contact me directly and we'll start talking first. Um, I'll kind of get a feel for what you're going for and that's going to start to yield everything else. But I, gotcha. I want to have a chance to chat with somebody. I would have a chance to kind of learn about somebody's background, their training age or how long they have been exercising what types of things they've been doing, injury history, medications they're on, how those can affect their response to stressors and exercise. I want to know what their, not necessarily their job is, but I want to know if it's a high level or a low level of stressful job. Uh, there's a lot of things I want to know beforehand. Mm -hmm. And then I start kind of putting them in the, the right places. So if somebody's getting a hold of us, like, hey, I'm, I want to get stronger. I'm interested in powerlifting, but I've never done it. I may take them through some more general or, I hate to use the term bodybuilding because everybody just thinks that means a super steroided out bodybuilder, which that does not mean that bodybuilding. Uh, yeah. You're doing a muscle group based program. Mm -hmm. If you have an arms day, you have a shoulders day, you have a leg day, you have an ab day. If you're breaking up into muscle groups, that's a bodybuilding program. Right. And the beauty of that is it's balanced. So if somebody doesn't have the experience, things like that, they're new to it. I'm going to take them through a bodybuilding type of program but i just don't want people to get the terminology confused and thinking oh well that's not what i'm trying to do it's like well you are you're trying to get everything in your body stronger and balanced and that's exactly what a bodybuilder is trying to do i don't care how big or ripped you are if it's not symmetrical and it's not balanced mm -hmm. you're not going to win the show so gotcha i would do that um say Brittany, for example she already lifted 100 percent raw worlds before coming to me so she's just an easy example of like somebody like, all right, let's slap you in the team. Let's get you better. Let's start grinding this out. So it kind of depends, but that's a big reason why we don't do like any online bookings. Like I literally want to talk to everybody before I even meet same, them. Same, same. Yeah. Their deal. You want to learn who they are, you know, as a person yeah. more so than anything. And, and that's, that's when you get to find out, you know, I mean, 
um, Allie, who's our director of operations, she, she runs that show now, but you know, we want to get a feel for who you are, you know, what your goals are. But I think, you know, here at big league, like our focus isn't just on like getting you out of pain. You know, if you come to us for shoulder pain, it's not so much about like, oh, your shoulder hurts, you want to stop hurting. Yeah, sure, we want, you know, to help you, you know, stop having pain in your shoulder, but it's like, what do you want to get back to? What's your goal? Because our thing is like, you know, basically you have to have a goal, you know, and, and that goal doesn't matter how complicated or uncomplicated that goal is. It could be to get back to CrossFit. It could be to get back to powerlifting. It could be just to be able to, you know, pick your kid up without having back pain. And, uh, and, and, you know, like, like that's a goal, you know, or, or, you know, something stupid, you know, I mean, we've had, uh, you know, people who just want to be able to like go for a walk with their kids, you know? And, uh, and so that's a goal. That's a very realistic goal. So like, it's just, it's and just, you know, ultimately I think there's better long-term adherence and success with people who have a goal and, right. and whether that's, you know, competing at nationals or, mm-hmm. or, you know, whether it's, you know, just the ability to, you know, run a marathon, like, like right. the goal, the having a goal, something that you can focus on versus, you know, just like, oh, I want to just be in shape or yeah. I want to lose 10 pounds or, you know, I want my shoulder to stop hurting. You know, it's like, let's find a, a common, you know, let's find a, a goal, a smart goal, right? Yeah. Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic time based yep yes smart That's goals right. yes it's important and even with that too from your end it also kind of allows you to plan backwards or kind of backtrack in what they're trying to get back to that kind of starts painting the picture of how did this go down then you know so it's kind of right there's no fixing something if you don't know the root cause because you fix it and then they go back to doing exactly what they were doing that caused it in the first place right that very well happen again so it also paints a picture of you're trying to get back to this yet we had this issue doing this so it allows you to kind of figure out why this happened within that whole thing so exactly it's, it's like yeah if you're simple. if your knees hurt and you're squatting seven days a week and then you you go right back to squatting seven days a week again after that your knees are probably gonna hurt again yeah <laughs> yep exactly and then you kinda, it was like well i did pt that didn't work it's like well he kind of gave you everything you need. You just didn't implement it and get, you did got to fill your box. We're filling our box for you guys. You go, you got to fill your toolbox for us. Exactly. Apply them as well. Exactly. So now let's talk a little bit more about uh, dedicated strength here. Now, when did you guys open? So November 21st of 2016. Okay. Just a year, just a year ahead of big league. Yeah. There you That's, go. All right. I can't believe we're approaching our four-year birthday already. It's just, <laughs> the whole thing's been a ride. <laughs> so, so now you co-own the, the gym with your wife, Angela. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Angela. Um, yeah. Now, was that, always, was that always the plan? Was it always just you two going in on this together? Or did you start it or did she start it? And, you, you know, you guys came, you know, someone jumped on. So I will never say that I've done anything in – my current life and my forever life going forward that she was not hand in hand with me on. So I'll say from the start, this is our thing. This Mm -hmm. is us. And, uh, it, I guess the transition happened where it was always just kind of an idea and a long shot. And then luckily we kind of got lucky and just being able to have the opportunity to go for it. So we did, but I'll say everything, every single thing I do is directly reflecting of her. And even if she is not, doing something physically with me business-wise in the gym or coaching-wise at the gym at that time. She is also keeping me sane and everything outside of the gym. And when Joe's happy, coach is happy, everybody in DS is happy. So there's also that. So she is, she is DS. I am DS. It's, it's our thing together. And I also want to give a shout out to our Megan too. Like she's, she's a great young lady. Very Uh happy for she's part of ds too so she is ds as well there you go and so now who is the average person who trains at ds so the average person that trains in ds i we have transitioned a lot more to competitive strength sports Mm -hmm. over the years um we are still very diverse and we're still including general fitness believe me but over the years we have gotten a lot more weightlifters and powerlifters and those purely trying to do that 
more recent times than in the past, which is super cool. And I will say 100% that's the direction that I see this going more and more as time goes. But at the same time, people come to us to get strong. People come to us to get stronger. And that goes down to what is getting stronger. And that can mean many, 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 many things. So our average client is the person that is trying to get stronger. Um, We will work on different things outside of that, but that's, that's it. It's called dedicated strength for a reason. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I think that's a great way to sum it up. It's like, we're going to, we want to get you stronger. And then, you know, it's kind of up to you to determine that, that pathway of like what that looks like. You know, it could be general fitness, could be powerlifting, could be Olympic lifting, you know, uh, it's, it, you know, it's all about, it, it's kind of like, it's, it's that, that fitness journey of like, cause I, cause I think I see it, you know, having, you know, worked here in CrossFit gym for, for the last several years is kind of people kind of go through a, a, a process of, you know, they jump into CrossFit and they try powerlifting, then they try Olympic lifting, then maybe they go back to CrossFit, maybe they jump over to, you know, some kind of, you know, more hit style class, you know, and, and people just kind of like move through things. And, and sometimes people, you know, find one thing and they stick with it. But I think a lot of people tend to adapt. I'd be interested to see like what the like uh, uh, average time period for people are like doing like one form of exercise, like how long they stick with, with like powerlifting, like someone you know, starts doing powerlifting. How many people stick with it for six months, a year, two years? You know, how many people who start CrossFit stick with it for a year, two years? I'd be interested. I don't, I don't know any of the statistics, but I'd be interested to see um, what that would look like. Yeah, totally same. And uh, I don't know if this stat is still relevant. I really hope it's not because it's really bad, but not with that aspect, but just as from what I remember, this is back like undergrad days. So dare I say like around 20 years ago, <laughs> but uh Sounds are weirder than I think it actually is. But anyway, the I just remember from, I don't know, it was a, like a sports psychology or exercise psychology course, but it was something of like people that are untrained of just general exercise, general fitness. So of the people that have adopted something out of nowhere, it's almost like in the 90 percentile that they will quit that thing by the end of the next year. Wow. And I really yeah. hope that's not relevant anymore, mm-hmm. but that's powerful. And that's that's something that we as practitioners in our industry and every end have to keep doing a better job of. That is a horrible stat. Right. It's almost like when somebody's walking in, you're, you're never going to say this. You want to encourage them, but it's like, hi, you that has never done anything. Guess what? Two years from now, you're not going to be doing any of this. That's terrible. We got to be better. Right. Yeah. How how can we get people to buy in more? Right. Oh God. Yeah. And I think it's just finding ways to apply it and people are doing a good job with that. And that's kind of a cool thing about all the, like boutiques and things coming out. Everybody kind of has their own little thing they do that attracts a certain type of person. And if we have enough certain places attracting certain peoples, suddenly that's a lot of people doing stuff. And exactly. With it. And that's now really more than ever. Now more than ever. I mean, yeah. there's just so many opportunities, you know, whether it's Pilates, yeah, yoga, time. strength training, CrossFit, running. Yeah. I mean, there's so much. Yep. Right. So, yeah. all right. So we are running out of time here. I got a few more questions for you. What's okay. the uh, last book you read? Or, or currently reading? So last book I read, honestly, was the novelization of The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, <laughs> all right. I loved it. I I definitely liked it more than the movie, and I liked the movie. Don't get me wrong in that. Um, I had a couple couple things I think could have been better with it. Uh, I did see it five times in the theater. Wow. And I think I've seen it a few more times outside of it. So I've kind of analyzed every end of it. But the novelization added a lot more to it and I thought it was a lot more complete so in a weird way the movie flows very quickly and it's well documented there was a lot they cut out because Disney wanted to fit it in a certain time frame to have a bigger opening weekend because like a they can have more slots with a 220 movie than a three hour movie they can have more showings so there's a lot that packed out and uh it was actually known that J.J. Abrams himself the director the movie that he saw at the red carpet premiere was not the movie that he cut as the final cut. They chopped yeah. it down even more and he was a little frustrated, uh-huh. which I totally get to almost to the point where he wanted this name removed from the director. Cause he was like, this is, this was not my movie. But anyway, the book <laughs> is a lot more complete. So wow. that's last book. Yeah. I guess you could How say about- you're a fan. I guess you could say you're, you're a little bit of a fan. 
Macrosta is between a fan and a nerd, something along those wow. lines. But how about you? What's the last thing you read? Uh, last book I read was The Obstacle is the Way. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a book about uh, stoicism, basically like the Greeks' uh, view on mental toughness. Nice. And it, it, the whole idea is basically like keeping even keel, like when things get tough, not, not get too like flustered. And then like also, you know, when things are going well, not to take your foot off the gas pedal. And like yeah. developing that idea of like, like the obstacle, like, you know, you know, you know, something goes wrong. It's like, all right, well, how do we confront this versus like, you know, running away, shutting down, getting frustrated, throwing, you know, throwing <laughs> your hands up. Uh, and, and so it's, it's a great book just like, I think for mindset, which is, which is, which was awesome. Yeah. Love that. Um, all right. Uh, what's the best thing that's happened to you in the last seven days, last week? Mm. I'm not going to say the fly on Mike Pence's head, <laughs> but I was told to give one fly reference because that was our theme for yesterday at the gym. So I did that, ladies. You can check that off your box. You I was go. also required to mention my chili that I made a couple weeks ago. So oh. I those two, so y'all can... I did my part there, but uh, oh, well, I feel like it would have been it would have been appropriate for you to send some chili over pre-show so I could give my review. Dude, I ate an entire the entire crock pot by myself from six p.m. Friday to one p.m. Sunday. Wow, that's wild. <laughs> so, that's a lot of chili. Eight bowls, man. It was. Uh, are you a uh, are you a big Skyline chili guy? I love it. I'm big on Skyline. Big fan. Anybody that goes to Cincy, you got to try it. Skyline's good. I big fan of it. Three ways the way to go. Chili, spaghetti, cheese. Add some oh, hot man. sauce. Add some crackers. It's money. But yes, great drop there, and a big fan. But okay. the last seven days, I'm gonna say this podcast with you, Mike. It's good to see you. It's good uh -huh. to see you. yes. I am happy. I am happy to hear you say that. Um, sure. And then the last thing I gotta ask you is, what's the deal with the bunny? <laughs> There, so, there's, so for those of you guys that don't know, all over their social media, all over the website, there is a bunny. And I, 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 I want to know, what's, what's the deal with the bunny? It's just this little guy. He's, he's lifting weights. He's hopping along. He's everywhere. What's the deal so with the bunny? Jupy, Jupiter. Jupiter. So Jupiter, the goddess of thunder. But uh, so that is our pet. Um, oh, Life Angela has always loved bunnies and she's also had some very hardcore allergies where we have wanted the pet for the longest time and uh we dabbled with dogs and just kind of experimenting having her hang out with them use asthma meds right and it just it was just really hard and then that was just the combination like our our lives are crazy like we between Angela Megan and myself we're doing a close to 120 to 140 appointments a week give wow. or take Awesome. And then we just don't have the time to deal with a dog. There's just so much maintenance. I just don't see us being able to care for a dog as much just with the needs, their demands. And then a cat, it's just, Angela has tried to be around so many cats. And oh, forget cats. Forget cats. Can't. I mean, no one. She can't get allergies. And no, they one also like, like, no one, no one likes cats anyway. So let's, I mean, let's, let's call spade a spade, man. They're very no, moody. But anyway, she found one of our weightlifters worked at the shelter in dc and angela just kind of asked you ever have rabbits she's like oh all the time and uh we it had to be a lop so the breed of the lop is the rabbit with the droopy ears uh, okay so they had one that day and it was jupiter our bunny uh some jerk left her in a crate on the side of the road in the middle of december wow because people are awesome and uh so she was in the shelter for about a month after that and we adopted her in, it was January 30th of 2018. So this, I'm sorry, 2019. So this will be, this coming January will be two years for that. Sorry, my memory is like eerily weird, but it's a good attribute of coaches. There you go. Never screw up, I'm going to remember everything. The personal but, uh, connection. Yeah, but with that, she kind of went down there and Jupiter, like many rescues, she was very scarred and very weird. And on all the animals cages they have like a fun fact like i can stand on my head blah 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 jupiter's it said i could live to be eight to twelve years old because <laughs> she was just like real feisty they had nothing good to say about her oh god but because she had the floppy ears we bought her in and uh 
we took her, we brought her home, and now we're almost two years later, and I'll say she is free roam. So we litter box trained her. So she used a litter box, and she runs around the apartment. She'll sit on the couch with us. She'll sleep under the bed, and she's a free roam bunny. And it's hilarious. She's so cool. You're sitting there watching TV. All of a sudden, you jump, and a bunny just hops up on the couch and lays down by you. You're just like, all right. So Wow. Anyway, uh, okay. Joe Set, one of our powerlifters, she's also an artist. We had this idea for her to make like a template of a mascot of Jupiter doing a deadlift. So that kind of sparked this whole thing. And Josette put it together. It's awesome. And now we kind of do like these little goofy seasonal things. I, I, I saw on your website. Yeah. Yeah. We got a deadlift and pumpkins and candy corn or Princess Lair attire. So I will basically oh Photoshop all these little variants of Jupiter. And. She basically has become our mascot, but she's our pet and highly recommend bunnies. They're low maintenance. They're very easy to handle. A lot of the stuff they eat, you should be eating already. It's mostly leafy greens, stuff like that. So they're great pets, but that's how this all came about. So it's like our own little mascot and uh, you get will a see bunny. more of her. Get a bunny as a pet. Yeah. Moral a story. Wow. But, All right, Joe, yeah. that's just about wraps it up for today. Thanks for coming on, man. And, yeah, uh, and we'll definitely uh, you know, be catching up soon. Yeah, sounds good, man. Take care of yourself and love to Megan and uh, have a great day, man. Thank you so much for listening to Move the District today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Big League Performance and Rehab and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free, head over to BigLeaguePerformanceAndRehab.com to learn more. Thanks, and until next time, keep moving, DC.